My name is Eric Hundley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and formal conversations with some amazing people. Today we are joined by well, a rather unique profession, a conspiracy debunker, Mike Rothschild. And I'm guessing he comes by it naturally because of his name. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? All right. So what is a conspiracy debunker? Uh, a conspiracy debunker is somebody who takes a look at conspiracy theories that are both popular in the current zeitgeist and from the past and sort of tears them apart to find mm-hmm. where they started, what about them is true, what about them isn't true, and why people believe them. What exactly I'll, – I'll go this way. What was your first conspiracy? I really got into conspiracy theories in college when I listened to the old Art Bell radio show. And I never believed any of it, but I loved his stories about, you know, crop circles and UFOs and secret societies and all that stuff. I found it really fascinating. And the one that really hooked me in, I think it was 1998 or 1999, was about a purported UFO landing that was going to happen in Arizona. And it was all linked with this satellite and these secret transmissions from the government and this countdown clock. And, you know, there, there was no alien landing in Arizona, but it was spun out as this incredible story where every night you would turn in and you'd hear UFO experts talking about what was going to happen and the secret communications and the countdown clock. And I just thought, there's a lot here. This is really natural storytelling. And I just sort of drifted back to it after a while. And I, I love being able to do this. So, okay, so what was what would be the first one you actually investigated and went to debunk? The first one that I, I really started to look into really seriously was the pseudoscientific practice called oil pulling. What is that? It is when you uh, take olive oil or coconut oil and mm-hmm. you swish it around in your mouth and you spit it out. And there are some dental practitioners who think it conveys some marginal tooth decay prevention benefits. But then there's a pseudoscience version of it that claims it cures basically every disease under the sun. If you have diabetes, if you have cancer, if you have IBS, if you have canker sores, uh, hammer toes, swish some olive oil in your mouth and spit it out and you will be cured. I thought that was just the most bonkers thing I've ever heard of. And I wrote about it for the, uh, for the blog of the uh, skepticism podcast, Skeptoid. Oh, and, so you do know Brian. I've had oh, him I know on. Brian. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've talked to Brian for the uh, QAnon book that I'm working on. Okay. Because he's, he's really big into that stuff, uh, especially right now. And I, I logged into, I think it was WordPress to see how the piece was doing. And it had like 100,000 views. And nice. apparently Dr. Oz had been talking about oil pulling. Well, he's kind uh, of he's tied to a lot of them, isn't he? Yes. And I, I just thought, wow, there is enormous power in this in just somebody mentioning something on the air on a highly, you know, highly placed TV show and hundreds of thousands of people suddenly become interested in it. And hopefully they read what I wrote and got some good information. But chances are they probably read something that was not so good and got some bad information. So that was the first time I really realized how powerful critical thinking and conspiracy debunking really could be. It's interesting. I love how you're going into pseudoscience and I've had Brian Dunning on, I should say his name, Brian Dunning of um, Skeptoid. And I was going to ask you if you were familiar with him and that answers that. Um, 
in addition to chugging oil, I've got to throw one out there as a joke. Have you noticed that there are some people who think cannabis cures everything? Well, it certainly makes you feel better about everything. Well, there you go. You at least don't care. Right. <laughs> so there is a side benefit there. Yes. Have you ever looked into the law of attraction and good old a Napoleon little, Hill? Yeah, a, a little bit. Like right around the time the secret became really big and, and everybody was like, if you think it, it's going to happen. And I, I feel like there's definitely benefits to positive thinking. I think mm -hmm. people who think positively and communicate positively are just more pleasant to be around. And mm -hmm. people who are more pleasant to be around generally have things go their way a little bit more. But, you know, I've certainly never been into the idea that if I think of myself driving a Maserati, uh, you know, Maserati is going to show up in my driveway. Um, I'm going to go the other way. Have you ever sure. been suckered? I mean, have you ever looked at this and thought, hey, this is real? And you're like, um, now turns out I was wrong. Well, it's really easy these days to be suckered by by social media posts. You know, you read something on Twitter that you not only want to be true, but that conforms with things that have already happened that are true. It's very easy to share that without really giving it any thought because it feels like it's true. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that going around with the pandemic right now. I think just um, even today, something about Chris Christie being on a ventilator. Um, mm. I saw that going around Twitter and I was like, oh, haha. -ha. And then I looked at it. And I was like, no, I don't know about this. I haven't, I haven't seen this reported anywhere, but you know, I have definitely shared things that later turned out to be not true. And it was just purely out of not taking that extra moment to read it and think, okay, has somebody else reported this? Who else has reported this? How did they report it? Is it actually true rather than me wanting it to be true. So yeah, I've definitely been suckered, you know, low grade by, uh, by social media posts. Yeah. But how's that feel? I mean, it's one of those when you're somebody in the field that you get burned, you've got to feel a little bit more of a singe than. Oh, totally. Oh, somebody. I always feel stupid. Oh, I, I always feel like, Oh, they got me. I should have known better. I shouldn't have shared that. That was, I misled people and I always feel bad about it. And it's great that you bring up confirmation bias. Um, I, I'm pretty much, I, I feel a lot of this stems out of that. Like I hate fill in the blank and, oh yeah, they definitely would do something just like that. As a rule, is it a good idea if you read something and it just fits so well and so perfectly in your mind that you probably should go get verification immediately? Absolutely. You should always get verification of really anything. You know, you, you've been seeing this constantly with COVID, with the president's hospitalization. There was just the, the video going around of him giving a statement, and I think it was at Walter Reed, and people thought that there was an edit in it because oh, the, yeah. something the way his shirt ruffled or something that they the edited oxygen out. oxygen take off. on the way to the uh... – <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and I looked at it and I thought, I don't see an edit here. But now I'm looking at it thinking there's an edit because – people that I trust say, oh, it looks like it was edited because they want to believe it was edited. And or the blank paper, the blank paper he was supposedly signing. Yeah. yeah. Or why is the pen reflected underneath? And you're saying, right. well, light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm glad that you look into, you know, going both ways because I feel like we've got a bit of a problem. I know a lot of your focus is QAnon. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the first to admit that QAnon is a pretty huge problem i think there, there are some issues there 
but I feel like everybody's on one side or another side. And they're like, oh, those weirdo QAnons. Antifa is not a problem. Yeah. But well, I, there's problems going both ways. Oh, totally. There's There are problems on the fringes of both major political parties. And mm-hmm. I've, I've always said that the far left and the far right have much more in common than well, either side you. would care to admit. Yeah, the, the you shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they, they want different things, but the, um, the reliance on conspiracy theories, the tendency to violent ideation, that's the same, you know, and oh, there's, yeah. there's liberal conspiracy theories that are just as wackadoodle and just as popular as QAnon. You know, you've got prominent liberal pundits on Twitter who think Trump is going to cancel the election and declare himself America's God King. And that's, that's just, a, that's just liberal QAnon. And it's, People believe it because it's like, oh, well, Trump is a 5D chess master. Of course he's going to do that. But he's not going to do that. And I think we have to live in the realm of the things that are possible and go from there rather than spending our time on flights of fancy that just are not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's a great point. You actually brought up in an interview um, how there were theories about Obama being essentially an all-powerful dictator but yet a complete incompetent, right. depending on the moment. That's kind of the same thing with Trump, right? Oh, sure. And sure. there was a, a saying, what is it, um, that the left uh, takes Trump literally, but not seriously. The right takes Trump seriously, but not literally. Right. Yeah. And that, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. You know, when, when Trump will give the rally speeches and he starts talking about running for a third term or being awarded extra years or being a president for 16 years or 20 years. And, and a lot of prominent Democrats really start freaking out. They say, well, you know, he's going to do it. He's telling you what he's going to do and then he's going to do it. People don't understand the way trolling works and <laughs> trolling works by making you mad. It doesn't work by saying things that are true. It works by getting you amped up by pushing your buttons and that's what he's doing with this stuff. He's pushing buttons. He's he's getting the big cheers out of his crowd, and he's making liberals crazy. And I really, really wish people would stop falling for it. That's a good point. And can we go into that? I, I haven't really dug on it. You do conspiracy theories, and trolling is kind of on skirting on the edge of that. It's like they put things out there deliberately thinking that the other side is going to bite on whatever it is. And they actually become self-fulfilling prophecies like the okay sign. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Would you consider that a conspiracy or a troll? I think it probably is much more troll. I'm sure that there are some people who, you know, flash the okay sign and do it as a symbol of white power. But I think far more you have, people on the right who recognize that they are able to get a rise out of liberals doing it and they do it and it's it's cheap trolling and it works and it it gets them a, a laugh for a few minutes okay and I, I feel like a lot of that comes out of 4chan like they throw things out there deliberately to tweak um the the, the blank sheets of paper it's okay yeah. to be white yeah well I, don't, I haven't i haven't seen that one but I, I wouldn't be okay. surprised if somebody started running with that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm curious to, I'm a believer. Have you ever heard of Hanlon's razor? I've heard of it. 
I don't know that I could tell you off the top of my head what it is. Well, I'm leading into it uh, because I feel like conspiracy theories that are actual conspiracies are really cover-ups of incompetence or crime. Would that be a kind of like after it happens? An example would be if I'm working at a bank and I'm pulling some shady deal, you know, running money out the door, right? Yeah. And I get caught internally, but I was given extra access by the by, by the president of the bank and by somebody else and I helped their brother-in-law out. So if they come after me, they're going to get fired. They're going to look incompetent. So they just say quietly, you just get get out of here. We're, we're not going to do anything about it. And then they just kind of, you know, cover it all up. Would you say that would fulfill like kind of a a conspiracy actuality? Yeah, I think a lot of what we see as conspiracy theories are just people who are not very good at their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of what's gone on with the pandemic has just been mistakes and people just not doing their job. You know, maybe they didn't have the resources for it or maybe they were stopped from doing it. But so mm-hmm. much of what we think of as malice and ill intent is just people screwing up. Because that's what people do. People make mistakes, especially in high-pressure situations. Okay, and that brings me to the Hanlon's razor, mm. which is never ascribed to malice that which can be explained by stupidity. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is very applicable to the times that we live in these days. Like, um, I have a theory about um, coronavirus or COVID. I think that there was a virus in the lab not created i just think you know viruses are being Mm -hmm. studied we do it all the time here it's at fort detrick china does it in a lab there if you don't have good safety protocols in the lab and let's say you're just doing work or whatever and you're lazy and oh you know you walk out of the sealed environment oh Mm -hmm. shoot you still have that stick uh, you stick in your lab pocket or you just dump it in the trash can you probably have done it a hundred times over the past 10 years Yeah. Nothing ever happened. But this one time it just happened to go catch. There's a food market nearby. Boom. It went into the wild. Does that seem like a more reasonable um, explanation of what might have happened? I think it's more reasonable than a lot of the other ones. Um, I'm still sort of sticking to the theory that this was just a a virus that sort of jumped from one animal to another to a human, Mm -hmm. probably because of lax hygiene procedures. I mean, this is this is where the incompetence comes in, where somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. And somehow you ended up with this virus in a human. And because of the way this virus is, it doesn't manifest right away. But I I think whatever happened, it was because somebody didn't do their job. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. But that's really hard for people to believe in, especially when you have something as big as coronavirus. We really want someone to blame. We want someone to focus our anger on. We want it to be purposeful because then we have an enemy. But if it's just somebody screwed up and then somebody passed the virus on to somebody else and by the time anybody figured it out, it had already spread around Wuhan and then it had already spread to the United States. If it was just a series of incidents exacerbated by incompetence, that's hard to get mad at. You know, that that's hard to that's hard to say, well, I lost my job because 17 different people in China Mm -hmm. didn't do theirs. Right. 
Oh, it makes total sense. Now, I'm going to pivot the other way because there actually are genuine conspiracies. Oh, sure. And um, one of them caused two major world wars and a Cold War that we're still feeling results from now. Mm-hmm. And that was Black Hand, right? Well, certainly the very beginning. Um, you know, what the the kicking off of World War One is so complicated that it's it's hard to ascribe it to any one organization. I mean, that was the match. But in reality, these these powers had been sort of gearing up to go after each other for a long time. And, you know, the, the new German state didn't, you know, hated the French and, you know, it was only a matter of time. But, you know, you do wonder how one leader in one country being shot turns into the biggest countries in the world at the time fighting a war against each other. And it's very easy to see the hand of globalist string pullers there. But, you know, we know what happened. We know it was all of these alliances and all of these these treaties kicking in. And then it just it got so big so fast that nobody could stop it. Yeah. And personal grudges. Yeah. I mean, really, World War Two was a direct result of World War One because oh, sure. German was made to eat all of it. Yeah. Even though they're one part of it. Right. They were they had to pay for all of it. And so then that built them in resentful. And then they came back and obviously, you know, we continued on. So I just think that's interesting. Um, Other ones that are definitely, I don't know if you call it conspiracy theory, but a cover up or hidden Operation Paperclip. Yeah. You know, we were bringing the the scientific minds of our hated enemy to our country and we weren't telling people about it. I mean, that's easy to look at as a cover up and and cover ups happen. Conspiracies happen, you know, going all the way back to Julius Caesar, you know, his, his ministers conspired together to kill him. There was a conspiracy to assassinate not just Abraham Lincoln, but the vice president and the secretary of war, you know, Mm, people conspire all the time. And, and for, you know, for somebody to say that there's no such thing as a conspiracy is just not correct. But I think it's, we have, we have to be really careful in, looking at the line between conspiracy and conspiracy theory. A conspiracy theory can be anything, and mm-hmm. it doesn't need proof. A conspiracy has to be proven in order to not be a theory anymore. What would be a breakdown of that? Because, I mean, uh, Watergate's a conspiracy. You have sure. a band who go in there, they break in, trying to rig an election. Um, how do you differentiate it? Is it that a conspiracy theory is a little too grandiose, a little too complicated? What's the difference here? Yeah, a conspiracy theory is something that usually depends on so many people doing their jobs perfectly that it would actually be impossible to pull off, whereas conspiracies usually fall apart because someone makes a mistake. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at Watergate, that fell apart immediately because people they taped made the mistakes. door handles back. Yeah. And they got you know, seen. People, right, exactly. People immediately screwed up. Whereas for something like the September 11th attacks, for that to have been a conspiracy by the government to destroy the Twin Towers for whatever reason, you would have so many people involved in it at so many different levels. It is totally inconceivable that one of them would not immediately get drunk and tell their buddy at the next bar stool, hey, man, I, I set up the explosives in you know World Trade Center North, and, and then the whole thing falls apart. Okay, well, now that brings us to, I guess, the one you're most familiar with now or you're studying the most, sure. um, QAnon. Mm-hmm. And 
in all transparency, I've said this in other videos and podcasts, I had never heard of QAnon until January of this year. And somebody in the chat was saying Q-A-N-O-N something or another. I looked at it and I thought it was like Kanan, like Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> I really had no <laughs> idea what it was. The spelling of a small, wealthy Middle Eastern nation. Oh, I, I didn't know. I was, I was like, right. what is that? And I asked my guest, um, and he was military, you know, dealt with intelligence. And everything. He hadn't heard of it either. So it was quite embarrassing that no, I didn't even really know it. Why don't you help fill me in? Because I, I kind of listened to some podcasts you've been on, and that's how I you know, called you out as you were brought in as the expert. So tell me the history of QAnon. Sure. So QAnon is a prophetic conspiracy theory that holds that President Trump is leading a military intelligence team to execute a clandestine purge of the deep state. And that at okay. some point via a tweet sent by the president, there will be a mass arrest of tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of pedophiles, uh, saboteurs, uh, hmm. spies, prominent Democrats, prominent people in Hollywood, prominent people in finance, all of whom will be tried under revised military tribunal rules and executed. And this act will be called the storm. And after the storm, President Trump will usher in a great era of peace and prosperity. And this started on the message board 4chan as one of a <laughs> number of Anon accounts, uh, people who claimed mm. to be high-level FBI insiders, White House insiders, military intelligence mm. insiders. And they would pretend to play this role and people would ask them questions and then they would go away. And QAnon started by telling this very fanciful story that Hillary Clinton was about to be arrested and that her passport had been flagged, she was trying to flee the country, and that within a few days, she would be brought to justice along with John Podesta, George Soros, Barack Obama, and every other prominent Democrat at the time. Is this tied to Pizzagate? You said Podesta. It's an offshoot of Pizzagate in that it 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 casts Hillary Clinton as the central villain at the head of this sort of global trafficking ring, but it also has a number of other elements to it. It has elements of the satanic panic of the 90s, of blood libel tropes of the, you know, going all the way back to the 1700s. It mm -hmm. also has elements of what are called affinity fraud scams, which are mm. scams that have a, a highly placed guru doling out intel about a great event that's about to happen. And normally that revolves around some sort of financial windfall, Mm -hmm. But Q was a little bit different in that it didn't promise great riches. It promised the execution of the people you hate. And that is even more compelling than money to some people. Some people don't think they're going to get rich quick, but they really want to see Hillary Clinton hanged at dawn at Guantanamo Bay. And Q sure. was the perfect conspiracy theory for those people. You know, it's weird that you say it. And obviously – it's getting into the ludicrous. However, there yeah. are elements I can see where people go along. I mean, Hillary Clinton did have a foundation. Sure. A lot of money there. Yeah. Um, Hillary Clinton did have an email server, which by all accounts of anybody who's ever been in the military, she got off very, very lightly. So th yeah. there's obviously some sort of conspiracy type of thing or hidden stuff there. She was doing something shady. Sure. However you look at it. Sure. Um, and, and down the line. So I, I can see where somebody will take these you know, real things and then they just amplify, amplify. Like 
Um, Bill Clinton is, I think, a proven womanizer. Oh, sure. You know, the, the Clintons are, are not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. And even the people who voted for them and, and support them would say, look, they're not they're not angels. You know, they, they have hidden things in their closet. Everybody does. You know, Barack Obama's not a perfect person. It's it's really when you get into the kind of deeper recesses mm-hmm. of, of the Trumpism movement that you think that people think of him as either just like shining and perfect or they acknowledge all of these things he's done and they just don't care. Have you ever um, read Scott Adams? No. Or or heard him? Okay. Scott Adams d- does Dilbert the cartoon. Oh, sure. Yeah. But he's also famous because he kind of backed Trump or said f- Trump is going to win a long time ago. Yeah. He said that um, – I love this analogy that the whole 2016 election was one movie, two screens, or one screen, two movies. Yeah. And so literally wherever you stood, you have one side that saw it was like, oh, my God, everything was stolen. The Russians, the Russians. There's a conspiracy. You've got QAnon going after Trump. Well, I think the Russian conspiracy has been pretty much proven to be rubbish. Well, there's a lot of it that people people on the left really sort of hung everything on the idea that Donald Trump was this like deep cover Russian agent taking orders from Putin. You know, we know he had shady business dealings with the Russians and he flat out asked Russian intelligence to hack Hillary Clinton's email server. That doesn't mean he's working for Vladimir Putin or that he's like propped up by, by dirty Russian money. It just means he's, he's done the things we know he's done and you're either okay with that or you're not okay with that. Well, it's kind of funny because it's sort of going the other direction. It's like the QAnon conspiracy is like all these high up people are doing all these things. Well, now you're saying, well, Trump, again, is he a genius or is he stupid? Right. And I don't I don't know that he's either. I think he's just a very charismatic person who was born into money, lost a lot of money, got a lot of money back, lost it, got it back and managed to leverage that charisma into a media career that put him on one of the highest rated network TV shows. You know, he's, sure. he's not, he's not stupid. I don't know well, that he's particularly be. well read, but he's not a dummy. Well, and, and that's good. I mean, he, he can't be, you no. can't, you know, you can't buzz through buzz saw through 18 very highly um, capable candidates, just one after another, after another, another. And, right. you know, you can only get lucky so many times. Right. Exactly. So very interesting on that. Um, so let's keep going. You had mentioned, and I know you've said it a lot in a lot of other interviews, uh, pedophilia angle. What is up with that? And what's up with Tom Hanks? I keep seeing um, Tom Hanks and Isaac Cappy suicide. Yeah. Is that all QAnon too? Yeah, that's all QAnon. Basically, the, the Tom Hanks stuff is this right-wing tendency to find these hidden pedophilia symbols everywhere. And, you know, pizza means pedophilia and a picture of a child's doll means pedophilia. And Hanks has this thing where he takes pictures of stuff on the ground. It's his it's his mm-hmm. weird little thing that he does. And people look at that and go, oh, it's a picture of a glove that that's code for whatever. And Isaac Cappy was this uh, this conspiracy theory promoter who's also a part time actor who, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, got really into the idea of Tom Hanks being a secret pedophile and Unfortunately, he had people who did not steer him in the right direction, and he took his own life. And 
of course, there were people who thought, oh, you know, Hanks murdered him and it's just more proof of pedophilia. And it's just we look too hard to find nefarious reasons for things. And if you watched Cappy's videos, there's clearly something that's not right with this guy. He's he's wild eyed. He's raving. He's talking about stuff that's clearly not real. You you wish that somebody in his life had been able to kind of unplug him for a few days and, and get him out of there and say, hey, let's talk about this. You know, let's get you away from the this social media feedback of people pumping all this crap in your ear and you pumping it back out. Let's break that chain. And that's that's how in general, if you want to try to rescue somebody from conspiracy theories, that's how you do it. That's how you start doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. You brought that up social media. Um, have you looked into how the algorithm helps helps us go down our own dark impulses rabbit hole? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the YouTube and Facebook algorithms, they put stuff in front of you that they think you want to see. And it's not as if, you know, YouTube is selecting white supremacist videos for you. It's not it's not the Terminator. It doesn't make those decisions with malice in mind. It just says, hey, you liked this. I bet you'll like that. And if you start watching these videos, you kind of get sucked in. Because a lot of them are really slick, a lot of them are really well produced, and they push the buttons that the algorithm knows you have. So if you watch a video about Barack Obama's birth certificate, the next video might be about Hillary Clinton and her email server. And then the next one after that is about Hillary Clinton eating babies. And then the next one (laughs) is about George Soros purchasing children. And it happens very gradually and I've talked to the loved ones of QAnon believers who have said, mm-hmm. you know, just a couple nights of them mainlining videos all night, and suddenly that was all they could talk about. And I kind of hmm. liken it to a, a slot machine that never runs out of your money. Good analogy. I've actually had um, Rick Allen Ross, who's a cult mm-hmm. expert, and he yeah. does deep programming and stuff. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it, it sounds kind of cultish as you go down that yes. path. And now... If you haven't noticed, I've been a pain in the ass this whole time. Every time you say one, I'm like, yeah, but what about the other? Sure. Yeah, but what about – because I I feel like I'm sitting here on an island and everybody's nuts. And you had mentioned you know, seeing signs of pedophilia everywhere, every symbol, things like that. Can it also be seen the other way that um, – we'll just say the left sees signs of racism and everything that the right does? You, you mentioned symbols. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing dog whistles. Yeah, and I I sort of bristle at that because I feel like if you call everything racist, then you're not Nothing able to is. identify the actual racism in our right. in our system. You know, I don't I don't think that every American white American walks around with a sort of cloud of racism hanging over their head, but I think there are a lot of racists in America. And by sure looking at everything through that lens, I think we miss the the things that are really there and we miss the real problems. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to point it out, you know, like we both agree that there really are pedophiles. Sure. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they get arrested all the time. The, but the difference is that because there are pedophiles does not mean that there are satanic baby eating pedophiles running <laughs> a shadow government. You know, it, it, it's not, not to, to use a, Are you a Brian sure? Dunning. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Are you sure? And do you have sources well, that's, for that? You know, not that <laughs> I, they, they don't tell me about those things. But oh, okay. to to use a Brian Dunning saying, you know, it, it's not A, therefore B. You know, mm. A 
can exist and B can not exist and they don't need to be linked to each other. That's interesting. You brought up the uh, satanic panic. I actually had um, Ken Lanning on as well. Mm-hmm. He was the FBI agent in charge of sex crimes for the FBI mm-hmm. and got into a whole heap of trouble because he pointed out essentially there was a satanic panic that no, these daycares did not have literally satanic rooms underneath right. them yeah, where the they were torturing and, all that stuff, and, yeah. and then there's a lot of implanted memories sure. and things of that sort that have come about. It doesn't sound like we've really improved that much, though. No, we haven't improved at all. Um, people are still very susceptible to believing things that they want to believe. And in, in that case, you had parents who wanted to believe their children and psychiatrists who saw a very lucrative opportunity there to get their work into the public. And I think you have the same thing here. You have people who want to believe that these people that they don't like are actually evil and that this person that they do like, President Trump, is leading this effort to get rid of those people. You know, people believe this stuff because it fills a hole in their life and it gives them answers. So it's, you know, I I try not to be too hard on the believers Mm -hmm. of these conspiracy theories because people get primed to believe this stuff after a while. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, if if you're okay with your Catholic uncle or you're okay with this or that, I mean, we all come to our life through our own experiences. Yeah. I imagine. Um, What brain freeze? Hmm. Uh, What are some recent conspiracy theories that are actually true? Well, I try not to look at conspiracy theories in the lens of true or not true. I try to look at them through the lens of, you know, are they plausible? Could there be? Could they be true? I, mm-hmm. I think there is so much conspiracy theory mongering on both sides of the political spectrum that it's very difficult to sort of sort through them and, and make a list of you know X, Y, and Z are true, X, Y, and Z are not true. I think we really have to take each one as they come and analyze them for what they say and and who is who's behind them and why they're pushing them. You know, you have so much money in this industry that you really need to look at why people are pushing these things and what they're getting out of it. Is it pursuit of the truth or are they trying to get clicks on their podcast? Okay, that's fair. And how how do we actually battle it? I mean, Brian Dunning, he's got a successful show, Skeptoid. Mm -hmm. Not that big, though. Right. You know, in terms of the whole audience, um, I I think Q's audience is probably bigger. Oh, sure. At least at the moment. There are are Q promoters who have – a quarter of a million followers. Their their videos get three and four hundred thousand views. It's it's a big industry. So how do you actually change things? You have to put really good information out there, and you have to be really consistent about it. And you have to trust that the people who will benefit from it will find it. I feel like going toe to toe with conspiracy theory believers is almost always a waste of time. Um, that you know they. They want to have me on their shows and debate me, and I never do it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just totally pointless. But there are people who either can be swayed or, or like you with QAnon, have never heard of something. And I always mm-hmm. feel like if somebody is looking for information about something like Q, I want the first thing they find to be something I wrote, something that one of the other anti-Q journalists that I, that I know has written, something mm-hmm. quality, something well-sourced. And something that is not going to tell them what they want to hear. 
Okay, so you're not into censorship then at all. No, I okay with it out there more voices versus fewer. Sure. I think that in terms of people who have negative intentions, deplatforming can be very effective. But that has nothing to do with um, you know, the government cracking down. I think that's companies enforcing their own rules. You know, I think the big QAnon crackdown that we're seeing with Facebook, I'm very happy that that's happening because really? this, this is going to help stop more people from being sucked into a violent and destructive cult. I don't look at that as censorship, though. I just look at that as a private company doing what's best for the people who use it. Well, do you don't you worry about it, though? Because I've always been of the belief that I want it out there. Yeah, I want the ridiculous to be immediately obvious and well-known. As an example, have you ever heard of the Turner Diaries? Yes. Okay, well, Turner Diaries is very, very obscure stuff, underground, hate material, I'd say, but, you know, most count. And a lot of yeah. white supremacists get sucked into that. Yeah. Ultimately, that became Timothy McVeigh and Oklahoma City. Right. Well, pushing these things down and banning them all over doesn't mean that they're not available. And there are people who sometimes will take that as proof, especially when you're talking about conspiracy and you're saying, oh, the man is controlling everything. And then, well, voila, suddenly Facebook is doing it. See, they're right. Couldn't yeah. that actually feed into the nightmarish scenario that the really dangerous people aren't being revealed? They're hidden? It can, but at the same time, I think a lot of people who believe in those conspiracy theories are going to believe that these platforms are evil anyway. They, they already dislike Facebook. They already dislike Twitter because they're not free I dislike them. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, these places aren't you know, free for alls where you get to say and do anything because a place like that almost always defaults to violence and harassment. You know, you have, that's really what 8chan started out as, which is where Q's drops went mm. after 4chan. It was a place where you could say anything as long as it was legal. Well, that line gets blurred really fast and really quickly you have violence, you have harassment, you have mass shooter manifestos. You, without some kind of control, things default into chaos very quickly and are very quickly exploited by bad actors. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it depends because I'm not saying that uh, obviously screaming fire in a movie theater is not free speech. Mm -hmm. Threatening somebody or doxing them is not free speech. Right. Those are actual criminal acts. Right. So that I guess that's where I, I fall. If you say – your, whatever your crazy belief is, go ahead. You say what you want. That's fine. As long as you don't say go hurt that person or, right. you know, actually uh, a call to action is where it suddenly is no longer speech. Right. And unfortunately, what you have is very quickly you get those calls to action with places like that. And it becomes very difficult to control really fast. All right. Well, and that's that's fair. So now. Where can people find out more about you? You wrote the book, World's Worst Conspiracies. Yes, that you can buy uh, at your local bookstore, on Amazon. Uh, there's lots of bad reviews left by trolls. So if you, if you like the book, uh, consider countering that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, RothschildMD. I have a book that I'm working on right now about QAnon that will be out next year, uh, getting some really, really um, very scary stories about what this has done to people. Wow. Well, I look forward to hearing that. <laughs> well, hey, 
Mike, this is this has been really fascinating. I, I love that you came on. I love talking about stuff like this without you know any kind of agenda. Just try to find stuff out. That's great. Yeah, Thank that's you. what we all should be doing. You know, everybody should be looking into these things. It's just a question of the things that you find. You know, who put them there, and that's where we really have to be vigilant. Well, hey man, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing for free. And I mean for free. It is always free. There's no billing, anything else. You can subscribe in your player of choice, which is probably right in your hands. Or you can go to unstructuredpod.com. And there are plenty of links there. Thank you so much. And in the spirit of sharing, here's a couple more shows you may want to check out. I did not grow up with very much money. Money's energy. Money is something that, that really scares me. You had about 60 grand in debt. Money isn't the answer. Somebody should just give me a lot of money. My dream was to be the WWE wrestler, but you realize that your dreams change over the years. Money's a tool. It's a key to a gate. And at the other side of the gate is the things that you really want to do with your life. It's the things that matter most to you. It's pursuing those values that make you ultimately happy. Listen to Inspired Money at inspiredmoney.fm. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Brett Allen, and I am the host of the Open Mic Podcast, where no topic is off limits. Here at the Open Mic, we talk to many different people. We talk to celebrities, entrepreneurs, psychics, celebrities, and everything in between. I would like to encourage you to listen and subscribe. You can learn more about the show at theopenmicpodcast.net. Again, thank you so much. Until next time, cheers and be well.